everybody and welcome to Jazz Talks. Today I am here with Laura Brennan, who is a member of the Darkness Into Life charity. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, mental health and, well, I'll let, I'll let Laura do the talk and <laughs> tell us about yourself, Laura. Uh, thanks, Jasmine. Hi, everybody. My name is Laura Brennan and I volunteer with Darkness Into Light. Uh, just in case you don't know Darkness Into Light, we're a community organisation that provides accessible, competent and affordable, if not free, services here in the UAE. Uh, we started in 2015 by Maria Kelly and it was a, we started with the Global Darkness Into Light Walk and then we just evolved into this community group because we recognise there's such a gap here yeah in the landscape in the mental health landscape for services yeah well that's so much why i wanted you yeah, here yeah, today yeah. because it's um like we were talking we, we were having a great chat before yeah, we started yeah, the yeah. podcast um because it, there, like you said there is such a, a gap for it here and yeah. not enough awareness for it here and i think it's a lot of people come here and like it it can be quite a lonely place to be mm. and it can trigger off a lot of things in people i yeah. think so yeah. It's really good what you're doing. Yeah, well, thank you. Like <laughs> what you're saying there just makes me giggle because it's so true. There's so many people who come to this country, you know, because they want a new job or they want to come to make money or who knows what people's reasons are individually. But so many come with such emotional baggage, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. some guilty. Yeah, you know, they're <laughs> running away from something or there's a heartbreak or yeah. there's whatever kind of stress or, stress or pressures. And that then can be amplified by the loneliness or the disconnection yeah. that people often feel here. Um, but I think from my personal perspective, the majority of people, whether they show it or not, whether they tell it or not, all are struggling yeah. with something. Definitely. You know, and it doesn't take a rocket science scientists then to correlate that to all our global statistics yeah where there's a mental that for me is there is is the real virus that is here this mental health um just people are so disconnected and lost yeah they're all struggling well, with why, something to it's varying why, degrees it's one of the reasons why i wanted to do the podcast like i wanted it to be you know it's going to be light-hearted mm. and fun and stuff as well but i also wanted to use it as an opportunity to talk about stuff that um, that can potentially help people yeah, yeah, that they can relate to and stuff that you know that we're all going through yeah. like you said we're all going through something yeah. in our own way a hundred percent and this is the thing like for me is one of the big messages is is to admit that you know to take ownership of your own BS and mm. recognize that I've been struggling with this for a long yeah. time and although I might have made some choices to to heal it or rectify if I'm not making any progress, yeah, then new a, a new approach needs to be made. Yeah. Or for those who are in deep denial, you know, now is your opportunity to recognise that you're not alone. That the, everybody is suffering yeah. to a degree. And although here in the UAE we're still a developing country in getting the services, there are still loads of amazing people and organisations mm -hmm. that people can reach out to as a first step. Yeah you know yeah. which is the most important thing taking a step to be so proactive. what kind of services do you provide then at darkness into light so we have uh, responsive services treatment services so what are they so for example if you wanted one-to-one -one counseling yeah 
then you can reach out to us and we would uh, supply you with a mental health professional for free. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have a professional that was a good fit for you, then we would signpost or refer you to somebody um, who would give you that service. Yeah. Um, and usually at a discounted price. Um, we do community outreach programs, which are probably our favorite. Yeah. And this is where we do psychotherapeutic events. Where oh, we, wow. yeah, yeah. So the thing is, everybody is struggling and wants help, but no one is actually going to go to events. <laughs> like, who yeah. wants to go to, you know, uh, this is an event on Thursday for depressed people. People aren't <laughs> going to do that. They're going to go to the pub or watch Netflix instead. And this is one of the things that there's been, there's such a barrier to going to services because they're not interesting they're not motivating yeah you know our people have stigma or whatever attached to them so that's a really great thing that yeah. you guys do actually you're always doing like different events that will kind of hopefully attract exactly a range of different people exactly and it we the range of different people is you know uh, male females emiratis expats bedouin com community members everybody comes because they the psychotherapeutic events are based on two pillars information and fun mm -hmm. so then you have the events then we could have comedy events for example in partnership with yalla laughs we have stand up for comedy that's amazing yeah. Yeah. so our comedians come in and they're talking about their own experience of mental health mm -hmm. but they're doing it in their own unique com comedy way yeah. so you know although we might be laughing we are laughing at the stories they tell it's using humor to diffuse the dark yeah uh, 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 and move into it in a helpful way that is amazing you know? i love that yeah 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 and then we have we with covid we put on a lot of live sessions on facebook mm -hmm. and again you know it's just approaching mental health as part of the human experience yeah taking away that shame that's, exactly that's, that's associated exactly. with exactly yeah you know and you know as we mentioned earlier on a lot of people do have shame because we're all carrying secrets yeah. <laughs> you know we're yeah. all carrying secrets or shame or guilt or blaming ourselves yeah and to respond to that we use then denial or repression or suppression. Yeah. And the thing is, the more you push something down, mm -hmm. the more it eats away at you. That's exactly what I did. Okay, yeah. Definitely, like when, and when I moved over here as well, yeah. because I think it doesn't help living in this country that you can go out and get pissed mm. every single night of the week. Yeah, There's yeah, like yeah. a lot of, so I think alcohol abuse becomes quite a big yeah. thing here, which obviously can just make things worse. Yeah. And like you said, using it as a suppression, which I think I did for yeah. quite a long time. Look, a hundred percent. And like, it's, I'm so glad that you shared that because even I did it when in the past. And the thing is, when I go out now, if I have to go to McGettigan's or, or someplace like that, now as a, 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 an observ observer of society, it's like I'm in a hospital for sick people. Really? Yeah, that's what I like. And the thing yeah. is, this is I'm not barraging pubs or whatever. No, but like, I can you, completely relate you, to what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you know, like your life, your rules, your choice. You know, there's no judgment here, but just from a social observation, sitting down, it and people people will agree to this to a certain point. If it, it's like what happens? It's twelve midnight. It's two o'clock in the morning, and there's people who are so intoxicated yeah that that their their them their soul is it's gone, gone. It's and there's something gone. else driving 
you know and it's that driver for you know i that i i need um sexual companionship in that moment for me to feel worthy or to yeah. attract mm -hmm. feel attractive for a social status or i'm oh, there's mary and she's over the corner and she's been crying for three hours <laughs> about god knows who or there's david over there who wants to have a fight with john over there about something that happened so five years ago drink. and it's so kind of unimportant yeah you know at the start of the night you know usually things are good yeah but then as it goes on and on and on yeah people's unresolved wounds rise to the surface that's how i f i i used to feel like um in the podcast last week we were talking to a good friend of mine adam yeah and i was saying how i felt because I know who I am, like yeah. I know that I've got a good heart and a good soul, but when I was going out and drinking, and like you said, it was like somebody just comes in, yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. like somebody would just come in and possess me, because the amount yeah. of people that used to say, when you're drunk, you are a completely yeah. different person. Because it's like you're gone. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I am no longer Jasmine, like that person yeah. is gone, and if I ever meet the person that possesses me, she's going to get a right <laughs> hook, I'm telling you. Well, that's the but, thing, like, pe yeah. people wouldn't be friends with you. Exactly. And that I've, version of you was there all the time. And that's what was happening, it was like I was being judged by somebody that wasn't me. Yeah. And it just was feeling so unfair and so like unjustified, but yet it was what I was doing. Yeah. And that's what people, if that's what I'm projecting, then that's what people are receiving. Yeah. And, and now I'm just like so much more aware of it. And it's like, yeah. even if you're sober, you know, if you like, if you're not drinking or if you're on medication or whatever, and you go out with your friends and you're the only one that's sober yeah. and you just watch this yeah, yeah, chaos yeah. unfurl around you, yeah. like, and just see, everything going on no. it's like oh god a hundred percent like if you approach that that scene just observing it without judgment mm -hmm. there's some very interesting yeah. dynamics at play and you know especially from ireland and maybe people from the uk can relate it because our cultures are quite similar in ways you know we've um associated having a good time with alcohol yeah definitely a lot of us just cannot see fun without alcohol yeah. it just especially our weird. generation yeah. right now yeah it's you definitely know? uh you know yeah exactly or you also um we correlate uh confidence with alcohol so i have a few before i go out so yeah. i can feel more myself see, that's what it was definitely like for me as well because i think everyone at because I'm a singer and I perform yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. like that, everyone has this um, idea of me that I'm like a very confident person. Yeah. And I'm not all the time. I, yeah. I can be quite shy and I think it was like a confidence booster for me as well yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah. Yeah. But look, that's just you performing. Yeah. But and here, here's the funny thing is that a lot of people are, are wearing so many different masks. Mm -hmm. So when you are going to go to, let's say the pub or a social gathering, you have to put on yet another mask mm -hmm. and to be able to stick that mask on you're going to need some kind of glue at the start and that's where the alcohol can come in yeah because when we're struggling you know we're hiding it and we want to project outwards a face of i've of everything is okay mm. so there's a mask for work or there's a mask for play or there's a mask for this and we're so tired yeah that the alcohol is the perfect glue or medication to get us out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcohol is the glue. It is. The glue for your mask. It is, you know. <laughs> and the thing is if you're if you're able to drink responsibly, 
no worries. But if you're someone who knows that there's a switch that comes in and you're a different person. Yeah. That's usually when people are suppressing stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but this is in when you have a choice because what's happened is when you've lost control of who you are, you become an unsafe person for yourself and yeah. for those around you. Yes. And if you're going to continue being an unsafe person, then that is your conscious choice and you are there for then accepting all the consequences of that. Now again, you know, if you're not being yourself every now and then, yeah. Okay. That's o- that's okay depending on what your definition of okay is, <laughs> but if this is your regular routine, yeah. You know, it's a it's an issue. It, it, it's a major major issue because yeah. you're going against your human nature, you know fundamentally our human nature is peace love and happiness yeah so whether you think you're causing a problem or not is irrelevant you are whether you think it or not because your actions your behaviors your words are all going against your true nature and exactly. that will have that will be compounding your own anger and sadness yeah and that's what me and adam talked about i actually titled the podcast last week your actions define you yeah yeah, yeah. so whether you're intoxicated when you make those actions or yeah. you're not what you're doing is defining what others what others think of you exactly yeah. and their opinion of you and yeah and it's not it's not nice it isn't it isn't and you know we're but like we're all on this journey of self-discovery mm. and you know it's about in that discovery we are going to make mistakes all the time and it's our response to those mistakes that ultimately define who we are mm-hmm. and if you are aware that especially when it comes to alcohol or other recreational drugs um that you are repeatedly making choices don't that don't align to who you really are Mm -hmm. then that's no longer a mistake that's a choice yeah definitely and i feel that i started to feel so much conflict with myself because i was like you said i was making choices that didn't align with who i was and i just felt this total disconnect and this total constant inner conflict with myself you know because it was just like it was like every now and again me would like peek up through the hedge and be like let me out and then it was like no get back down there you know like you're not allowed to come out yeah and it was just this constant battle with myself Mm. which was hard but anyway let's um talk about we've hang your heads in shame now. no don't don't you can pull yourself up (laughs) (laughs) don't give up on yourselves (laughs) <laughs> don't don't give up on yourself I'm only joking um, or it can be the two sides you can have the little devil here and the little the little recovered devil over on this side Darkness Into Light started in Ireland as a as a walk to provide awareness that for suicide it. prevention yes. and to um, walk in memory of those who di- died by suicide and to also give hope for people in the community to tell them that they're not alone. Yeah. So then in 2015, Maria Kelly, who's from Galway in Ireland, brought the walk to Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, people couldn't even use the word suicide. And, yeah. you know, there, were, there was such a um, uh, distorted view of mental health and being human at that time, <laughs> which is shared uh, in other countries as well still. And then the walk became so popular that it, the year before COVID, 2019, 2018, <laughs> what day or is it? I? I have no idea. But last May, 
Not the May just coming, which would have been 2019. May 2018, is that right? Yes. No, 20, May 2019. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways. One the, of the years. One of the years. One of the days of one of the years, <laughs> past ten. Yeah. The last time we were all out to have big gatherings, and when May was a month in that year, um, we had the walk in Emirates Palace. Mm -hmm. So the Abu Dhabi version of the walk. So Emirates Palace, for the first time in their history, opened their grounds to the public, and we had 1,700 people wow. show up for the walk. That's incredible. Which is amazing. I didn't even know there was that many people yeah. in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, right? And, but we also have the walk in Dubai, Ras, Ras Al Khaimah and Al Ain as well. So there was roughly 3,000 people in total walking. But importantly for the Abu Dhabi location in Emirates Palace, the 1,700 people, like we start the walk at 3.45 a.m. Mm -hmm. And it was during Ramadan as well. So this is where people have to get their butts up at the darkest point of the night because that's the symbolism. Or not sleep. Yeah, or not <laughs> sleep, which a lot of people don't do. Or we have had people come straight from the pub, which yeah. is, that is true commitment. Yeah, I've actually been like at Stars and Bars singing and I've like been on a break and chatting to some people and they're like drinking away and they're like, oh yeah, we're about to go yeah, into yeah. the darkness into light. Yeah, yeah, which is like- There's so many people that were doing it. Yeah, like, you know. Just, drunk or not, at least they're doing it. It's applauding the intention of people to go. Mm -hmm. How they get there is up to them. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> How you arrive, that's you know, you. Once you're there with your yellow shirt, <laughs> you know, it's your intention. And it's building just this collective um, energy of kindness and compassion without judgment, which are all the core values of darkness into light. And then it's a symbolism. You're, you're starting at the darkest point, And then as the sun is rising, then you're going from dark to that's light. That's beautiful. You know, it's very, very powerful. And um, so that's how we, we built from there. Mm -hmm. So now as this grassroots community project, we approach mental health from a community recovery point of view. And um, we, our business model is based on kindness. So we don't use any money. We've no budget. Everything is volunteerism. So we exchange on kindness. So for example, if um, corporates um, or business, they will donate um, professional hours, mm -hmm. professionals coming in to do talks, for example, coming in to uh, a premises that's also been donated. <laughs> that's you great. Know, and then food and beverage will it's like be the donated. Trade, going back everything, to the trade. Is tra everything is traded. And then you're just building then. Um, a real valuable service to people mm. where the intention is to help you yeah and it's then understanding that if you because if you access one of our services or our events and you get success from that then we get success because mm -hmm. we're only here because of you yeah you know and i'm learning so much about myself because of people accessing the service, for example. Yeah. So I'm growing, then you're growing, then I'm growing more, you're growing more. So it's this reciprocal exchange of everybody achieving success in the areas Energy of their life. exchange. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 yeah oh, yeah. that's really nice. Yeah. So the darkness into light thing was obviously um, to raise awareness for suicide and yeah. stuff. And um, one of my really, really good friends um, took her own life okay, um, yeah. almost a year ago now. And she was a DJ over here. Um, and like, is it there? I, I mean, I knew that she was going through a hard time. Like we'd yeah. had some nights where we'd sat up drinking and whatever, and she, 
she confided in me and told me that she was really depressed and and I I kind of had like this beating myself up after things had happened because I thought she told me that she was depressed and I wasn't there enough for her I didn't help her enough you know but it was like I did reach out to her and I was always like making sure that well, asking if she was okay if she wanted to do things and stuff but um what advice can you give to somebody who who does you know reach out and say that they're they're depressed like someone as a friend or a family member like how can we help or do more or recognize you know if somebody is that deep into something you know like yeah um well first off love to you and to your friend blessings yeah thank you um you know what you're describing is such a shite situation um but in a specific response to your question there's only two things that anybody can do and it's to listen and genuinely care yeah they're the only things that you as another human being can actually do for another human yeah. being when you actually scratch things down on the surface to genuinely care and to listen and then from there there's extensions of the genuinely care for example you bring you bring your friend ice cream and yeah. you watch netflix for the weekend yeah or you you um share with your friend a ted talk you watched or you you know research some counselors on behalf of your friend and you gave them that information yeah recognizing that your friend uh has their own free will mm -hmm. and we have to honor other people's free will as we honor our own yeah and it's recognizing that there there is a boundary that up to the boundary we can we can be present so much but then after that that's on the other person yeah because you can become emotionally drained yourself For as sure. well if you're not like a you know a qualified counselor or yeah but here like here's the thing i hear this all the time it's like and I, you mentioned it earlier on it's like i'm not qualified counselor i don't have the skills or, or the education yeah to deal with this and here's the thing you're a human being so you're yeah. equipped with everything that you need yeah uh, to genuinely care and to listen but also recognize that there is boundaries that you as a person as your own individual you're responsible for your self-care just as much as the other person is responsible for their own self-care yeah. and um, when um, when you sorry let me put in, in first tense perspective when I am suffering because I'm in a relationship with another person, then that means I've crossed into the line of self-abuse for me, and now I'm no longer self-caring. Right, yeah. Okay, Yeah. and what's very tricky for people is when they have a friend or a partner who is in, who's suicidal, okay? And we'll just say specifically in this context, it's where is that boundary for me? Mm -hmm related back to you've been emotionally drained in a particular relationship yeah. you know it's where's the boundary for me where i'm self-protecting myself mm -hmm. but i'm also so worried about that other person that they might do something to harm themselves or to other yeah. people and that's the fine line that people yeah get definitely. really um get, get confused by and the thing is for me when i talk about this subject i always bring it back to um self-care and gen the two things caring 
and listening and knowing then within that it is the free will of that other person mm -hmm. and of course you are going depending on the information that you know you are going to do as much as you can mm -hmm. but if you are responding to that situation with guilt or shame and you know you've listened and cared yeah then this is you beating yourself up yeah yeah uh, there was a stage that I went through through that kind of beating myself up yeah. but then you, I think you get to a point where you have to accept that you know you d if you do all you can then yeah well this is, and this is the thing like, and I, like that this focus I guess really is on the survivors or like they're the people who are still alive it's like um let's say specifically with you because we're talking about you mm -hmm. okay if you know if you align to the idea that all i can do is genuinely care and listen mm -hmm. and then there's extensions of that mm -hmm. if you align to that belief then you beating yourself up is signifying your own insecurities mm -hmm. that you and signify your own distortion that i could have done more yeah when in reality you couldn't I have. I couldn't have, yeah. And then that correlates to your own belief system in all things in life, mm. you know, where it's kind of self-sabotaging with negative self-talk, mm -hmm. with feelings of I'm not good enough. Which we're all guilty yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worthy, I'm useless. Mm. So these are now all triggering these core beliefs in you Yeah. that would have been activated in other areas of your life not just this passing of your friend yeah does that yeah definitely make sense? yeah yeah because there's been other instances where people have kind of broadcasted which there's nothing wrong with it each to their own yeah. but like that they're not having a good time on social media and stuff like that and whenever i see something like that i will always reach out to somebody and just yeah. say you know are you okay is everything all right blah 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 whether i've hardly know them or yeah. whether I know you know whatever the case if I see it I will always um you know reach out and sometimes some people don't even respond and it's like is it just a, an attention seeking thing as I think there's a fine line between like attention seeking and crying out for help as well okay well, my take on that is attention seeking and crying out for help more or less the same thing are, are the same yeah. thing they're just they're it's just one has one is more socially accepted than the other yeah and the thing is that when i express my need for help however i express it res is reflective of i need help yeah yeah um because that's how i see it whether yeah, yeah. whether it is whether it is like attention seeking or crying out so that, like it is basically the same yeah. thing so that's why I always like reach out to people yeah. and then sometimes like yeah. you just don't even get a response well, yeah well here's the thing that one reason why you won't get a response is that um, you don't fit the criteria of what, what the need. other person is looking for yeah because when we need something we'll actually be very selective whether you're conscious or not of certain people will fill my need in certain things. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, if I'm in trouble, 
there's someone I would feel comfortable to call yeah that I would rely on perhaps and there's other people who I wouldn't call mm. and it's the same thing and whether it's done on social media or not yeah sometimes yeah. it's just a girl wanting a boy to see them yeah well. maybe <laughs> but like you know like you, you can you it's everyone has their own reasons yeah. for for doing things you know but if you're a good soul like yourself and you're like oh, I'm here to help just tell me and you don't get a response this is for you then not to personalize it yeah and well I never do yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. just like it was it was something that I found kind of not frustrating but Sometimes but it would be frustrating, like, yeah. yeah. Because especially you know with your history of of your friend, you're like, oh my god, like, okay. let me help you. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like as a good person, you do want to help out. But like the thing here is, it's the practice of non-judgment. Yeah, will actually save you. Yeah, and it will just it will empower you to ground yourself, to and just to see what that person is doing, mm. and trusting that they're going to get what they're looking for but it's just not you in this moment and it's no offense taken yeah but it is just that it is that like that practice of non-judgment is is part is your toolkit of universal human values that you have inside of you that is a solution for every problem irrespective of what's happening in your external environment you know, it's like, oh, what can I use? Oh, I'll use a tool of compassion. Oh, I'll use a tool of forgiveness. Oh, I'll use a tool of perspective or discipline or persistence or whatever it is. And depending on how well you've practiced those tools mm. will determine how efficient you are in applying them. Wise words, Laura, <laughs> wise words. Well, it is, like everything <laughs> you need is inside of you. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if you're someone who's angry, then that means you've been practicing anger and therefore an extension of anger, which is judgment. So you become a master of judgment. Mm -hmm. So then if you want to go into your toolkit and practice non-judgment, that would be really weird and unfamiliar to you. And you will be a novice. It won't work the first time. So you'll give it up and you go, well, that doesn't work anyway. And then you go back to practicing your judgment. It's the same with first time meditators, you know, um, and they sit down and they do the you know the stereotypical mm-hmm. and then 20 seconds has passed and your brain is like scrambled eggs yeah and it's like oh this doesn't work for me yeah and that that is uh, an incorrect response it, it it's a misunderstanding because what when you sit down as a first time meditator you've been practicing repeated negative intrusive thoughts for years <laughs> So when you sit down, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's mislabeled. That's oh, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. So it's a practice. It's everything is a practice, yeah. and what you practice grows stronger. Yeah. On either side of the spectrum. Do you recommend meditation for people? Oh my, exactly. Like meditation is a technology mm. that when you master it, uh, the outcome is you control your mind-body connection. Yeah. You're controlling your nervous systems. You're controlling everything, depending, yeah, I'll say everything. Um, but we've never be like, within our education or our social norms, especially in Western cultures, our cultures influenced by Westernized norms. We've never been taught how to... They've started t- teaching it in schools now. They have, like, they, instead they, of de- doing sure. detention, they're yeah. doing meditation. Yeah, for sure. And like, they're very progressive schools 
uh, mindfulness as well, uh, mindfulness meditation. Um, but I think this is where, again, for people, it's really not judging yourself because we've all been to school and been brought up without, le without ever learning about who we are and why it's important. Yeah. We haven't learned how to recover when our crush in high school doesn't like us. <laughs> we haven't learned how to express ourselves kindly to unkind people. Yeah. We haven't learned resilience, emotional intelligence, um, and I think it's so heightened now yeah. when social media is such a thing. Yeah. Like we talked a little bit earlier about, um, you know, the, this need, this need to be perfect mm. and stuff. You know, and I think, w like you said, when we haven't learned all of this stuff properly, and yet the world is evolving yeah, yeah, faster yeah. than we can yeah. keep up with it. I think a lot of mental illness kind of stems from that. Like there's anxiety. Yeah depression, not feeling like you're not good enough. Look, look, society is an entity all by itself and it creates mental illness. Mm -hmm. You know, we have so many pillars of society that are contributing to who we are as people. Mm. The, like fundamentally, someone, like there's different types of depression. You can have depressed body, body parts organ systems but for a typical mind body depression the origin of that is you are in conflict with who you are not mm -hmm. which is the origin of the depression i'm talking about in this context so where does this inner conflict come it comes from society you go to school where part of education um one part of education you know creates your self-identity of i'm not good enough everybody's better than me i'm told no all the time um you know we're, we've grown up in these pillars where rather than expressing who we are we have to fit into a box we're judged if we don't conform yeah um we're rejected for being our authentic selves and so forth i could you know your values or your beliefs from your family or whatever um, and I'm not knocking everything. I'm just giving a biased perspective on the dark side rather yeah. than an, a, a, the, a, a, an equal perspective. Um, so these all factor into you creating an ego. And the ego is the persona we create just to fit in. And that then within us creates the inner conflict. Mm. Because if I have to wear certain type of clothes or look a certain way or talk a certain way for me to be accepted by my parents for me to fit into this group mm. then I'm practicing wearing my masks which we spoke about earlier yeah. on and the more masks I'm wearing the more disconnected I become to my authentic self yeah and that is then the crux because your recovery irrespective of what ailment um, your recovery is actually learning to, to come reconnect to myself. Re yeah. Who am I? Yeah, exactly. And that's like something that I am only just this year. I knew it was something that I always wanted, mm. like this being aligned with my true self. Yeah. And I knew that I could have it, but I always felt this inner conflict, this yeah. inner disconnect. And it's something that I'm really starting to feel 
that yeah. I'm getting to grips with yeah. and like I'm reading a book at the moment that's been really helping me as well um the power of now oh beautiful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, fair play for you so good they're like that's Eckhart Tolle and it's able to, like that's it's a dense read like yeah well he does a lot of podcasts with yeah. um Oprah okay as yeah. well and yeah. I just I just relate to so much to yeah. what he says is there any other books that you can recommend Look, to people yeah my go-to book is the four agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz who's a shaman from the Taltic tradition in Mexico uh, it's an international bestseller and every time I go to a bookstore I actually buy it because it's my go-to gift yeah I give it to everybody that I meet um, when I have a copy on me and the four agreements are um, your kind of tool, your manual, because going back to what I said earlier on, we don't, like, if you think of yourself, your mind body as a technology, when you get a new gadget, you have your manual and you read it. Yes. Right? But we've never been given the manual. Yeah. No, actually, the manual for us exists in the, the ancient wisdoms and in, in holy books, but in terms of having a modernized one where we're given it now, yeah. you know, people don't have access to that so when you look at yourself as this technology you want to get your manual okay here's the thing if the, with the four agreements it can help give you information to that manual but you must create your own for sure okay because we've yeah. been given a manual by society which yeah. hasn't worked for us yeah so we must start from scratch and build up our own be belief system our own definition that aligns to our ethics, to our truth, rather than something that's been put onto us. Mm -hmm. So with the four agreements there, I won't take things personally. I won't make assumptions about what other people are thinking. I'll always be honest and I'll always do my best even when I know I'm going to fail. So um, learning the those four agreements empowers you to integrate them into your own life because that's what yeah. people do the amount of time and it's a practice as it's well. a practice yeah. yeah so please if there's one book you're going to read this year it is the four agreements um because we're all telling lies to ourselves the amount of lies we tell ourselves on a daily basis and to others and you might go oh they're white lies no like doesn't matter mm. because every time you tell a lie you're creating that energy and then you at some point you have to back it up yeah or a lot of us create our reality around the lie yeah what we tell ourselves mm -hmm. is only happening here <laughs> but then we play it out in reality as if it's truth but no it's a lie yeah. we usually we we tell lies to give ourselves a reward like every every choice humans make is based on the principle of reward we do something for reward we don't make choices that are going to hurt us so we learn from an early age that lying um, one of the rewards from lying is that we get away with something mm -hmm. and we do that to protect ourselves yeah but the thing is the long-term payoff for that is um, if you're using lies like that then you become deceitful and, and manipulating yeah. and especially and you're not learning exactly well yeah. you're, not, you're not learning but you're also hurting yeah okay which are both equally important and especially if you've come from like from being depressed the press are anxious you have to learn to lie very quickly because especially if you're depressed you don't want other people to depress yeah it's you know? putting up that yeah yeah so there's so many so many ways that we develop our skills of lying but it all has to go 
for us to get return to our true nature peace love and happiness yes you cannot have peace love and happiness within um or whatever you're looking for within if you're being dishonest yeah and that's a big challenge for people because the rewards a lot of people gain from lying they're not willing to let go of Mm -hmm. especially in a relationship yeah you know (laughs) That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and that's why healing and recovery is so difficult because healing is painful. Like, so even for myself, I would have been chronically depressed from the age of twelve to thirty-two. Suicidal thoughts, self-harming. Oh my God, just this. You know, when you're depressed and it's just this energy. It's like this black dog, this invisible energy. And it's just horrific. Words can't even describe. Words don't do it justice. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, my my cure for for depression was um, I didn't give up on myself. Didn't give up on myself. And then thirty two was when I fully recovered. And one day I literally woke up and I was like, Oh, it's gone. Oh my God, it's gone. Oh, kudos to you. Yeah and then i was like oh now i have to unlearn all the coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. that i had used to to live and to survive so i had to unlearn negative intrusive thoughts i had to unlearn being deceitful i had to unlearn codependency Which is a tricky Which one. A, a tricky one? <laughs> oh my God. Codependency. Hello, people. I had to unlearn judgment. I had to unlearn sabotaging behaviors. I had to unlearn and unlearn and unlearn. And that was really, you know, at the beginning, it's really tiring and frustrating because it's like, oh. But it's also like you've got, you, you're back in the driver's seat again, though. So. You, you are, for sure. You are. The, the, but the thing you're in the driver's seat and I, I would have been still in victim mindset yeah okay at this stage as well and i am in the driver's seat um but there's just so much you know tiredness and exhaustion and this kind of ideology of when is it all going to get better yeah like i have survived this i've survived depression and i had cervical cancer as well during that time and oh, wow. so much different kind of abuses and different things so, why have i done all this where is it going to live? Where is it going then? Yeah. And then the idea, then it comes to the acceptance of that part of the human experience is suffering. There's always going to be suffering. And it's learning how to respond to that suffering. And it's learning to accept that suffering. It's learning that suffering isn't going to define me. It's learning that rather than ask, why is this happening to me? I'm going to ask, what is this teaching me? Part of that progress was uh, working with shamans and ancient plant medicines and just a dedication to learning who I am in the world around me, which coincidentally, if anyone's into Carl Jung, he's one of the greatest psychiatrists, not psychiatrists, but psychotherapists of our time, a prodigy of Freud. And he said that no matter what you're dealing with, whether it's depression, anxiety, no matter what is your issue, when you break it down to the surface, every single person will go back to these two questions who am I and what is my place in the world around me Laura thank you so much I could could literally sit here and just 
chat all day yeah no no but like the the the, the, the i'm just so inspired by by you you know and using your platform to have these conversations and be truthful and honest and open and the thing is you know when you're when we're having these conversations this is not about agreeing or disagreeing you know this is just about having an open curious conversation about why people believe what they believe Mm -hmm. and you know it's like everything then on the internet take what resonates and disregard the rest yes you know there's nobody here telling you think this do that you've got to make your own choices yeah create your own path exactly and the more conversations like this that are available for people they can actually make more powerful choices for themselves so thank you so much yeah. for this opportunity for yeah, bringing that into you. light to your audience thank well hopefully you so we'll have you back again at some yeah, point if there's anytime. anything like if yeah i mean if there's anything that anybody um specifically would like to hear laura talk about then hopefully she'll i'm come here back. once i start talking it's like <laughs> pringles once you once you pop me you can't stop me <laughs> <laughs> no, you're amazing. Such a beautiful person. Like, really Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching Jazz Talks, and we'll see you next week. Jazz Talks.